We'll be in Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2. If you would stand with me for the reading of the Word, we're going to start at verse 41 this morning. And uh, I, I really, if, if you want my two cents on it, I really think that uh, chapter 2 should have ended at verse 40, but that's not the way that they wrote it, and so we're continuing on. This should really be 3-1. Chapter 2, verse 41. Every year... Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they uh, went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was with their company, they traveled um, on for a day, and then they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Uh, didn't you know I had to be about my father's house, be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your word this morning, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we apply it today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to say, and when it's time to be quiet, I pray, Lord, that you would let me be quiet. I pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. Uh, this morning, uh, one thing that we have to look at a little bit this morning, you would look at this, and you would say, quick story for you. When I was about 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, I went to my mom with my mom to the grocery store, and uh, she forgot that she had taken me with her to the grocery store, and she got all the way home, and I had to go to the Walmart customer service desk, no cell phone, had to go to the Walmart customer service desk and borrow the phone to call my mom, who was already at home to let her know that she had forgotten me. I'd like to say that was the only time, but that was not the only time I ever got left at Walmart. <laughs> so uh, if, if we look at... If we look at the passage this morning, Joseph and Mary and Jesus, they'd gone to celebrate Passover in Jerusalem. And so the, the rule of thumb was, is that if you could make it to Jerusalem, you went to Jerusalem. If you were within a certain perimeter of Jerusalem, you made sure that you got there. Because really to get the full scope of the festivities, you wanted to be in Jerusalem in order to see everything that was going to go on. And so they, they had all gone to Jerusalem. They had been through the Passover. And, and uh, some passages, uh, some versions say when they got home, and other versions say uh, when they were a day's worth away, uh, they realized that Jesus was not with them. And, and, you know, we could look at that, and, you know, at times we could say, well, Mary and Joseph, that was just a failure at parenting. 
And, and uh, you know, we kind of think about that. How do you lose your son? How do you lose the Savior of the world? How, how do you go a whole day's worth away and realize that he wasn't even there? And, and I think that we really have to look at it is that they had no reason to be alarmed here. Even though they couldn't see Jesus, they had no reason to, to believe that, that he would not have been in the group of the caravan that was going with them. And, and uh, it was quite possibly that they thought that Jesus would have been with either cousins or, or uh, other relatives or friends. And, and they just thought, well, he... You know, he's with someone else who wants to travel with their parents anyway. Just, uh, and so their, their thought was is that, uh, well, he's, he's just somewhere else in the group. And we're talking large group. Just got to wrap our mind around that. Large, large group of people that would have been journeying to Jerusalem during this time. And, and Mary and Joseph, I think that it's important to note that when they realized that Jesus was not with them, there was almost this state of panic that had set in. We could, we could almost see it in kind of Mary's responses uh, and then kind of their actions hurrying back to, to find Jesus. And, and uh, they hurried back in almost a state of panic, and they went back to Jerusalem, and they find him in the temple courts. Now, this is not in the temple itself. This would be the courts outside the temple. And so the thought here is that the, the temple courts was the place where all the information was exchanged. And so if, if you had ideas about certain scriptures, you presented it right there in the courts. It, it was almost... Uh, when, I, when I was growing up, there was a convenience store called Belfast Market. And all the old men in town would get together at Belfast Market, and they would... Um, uh, talk about the local news, and they would share ideas about this and that. And the temple courts is kind of like that idea there that they would they would go together and they would hang out in the temple courts. That the men, the women had the women's court, and I'm sure they were doing about the same thing. But uh, it, it, they were sitting there and they were talking, and and uh, and Jesus, they find Jesus sitting among the teachers um, of law and and listening and asking them questions. Now, I find this very interesting that Jesus is asking them questions. And Jesus is listening to what they have to say. This morning, we can look at the, the passage, and we could say that there's several things that kind of stand out. And the first of those is that Mary and Joseph desperately tried to find Jesus. They, they had essentially lost what was the most precious to them. Uh, they, they had lost what was entrusted them. They had lost the Savior of the world. And, and, and we, we know that, that Mary kind of had a glimpse of, of what, what she was you know, dealing with here. Uh, the, the angel said, uh, um, told her kind of what was going on, and then Joseph, we kind of know that he, he kind of knew a little bit about what's going on. I don't think they knew the fo full scope of things that would happen, but um, we, we knew that they knew how important Jesus was. And we, we you know, just think about that. It, and it almost puts some stuff into perspective in a, in, in a way. Um, What is important? What, why, why should we go find Jesus? Because he's the Savior of the world. He's our kid. He's, we, we need to find him. So uh, we're told they retrace their steps. 
And, and when Jesus, when they found Jesus, Mary's question to him is, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Anxiously searching for you. What we can learn is they, they went searching for Jesus. And they sought him at all costs. They were anxiously searching In the new year that we have, I think that it's important for us to make part of our plan, our goal, and our lifestyle to seek out Jesus. Uh, seek Him in your home, uh, whether that's family devotions or personal devotions or family worship or personal worship. Uh, uh, seek out Jesus uh, in, in your home. Protect the time and the space to pray. Protect your, your, your space and your time to be in the Word. Um, I think it's important that we seek out Jesus not only in our home but also in our workplaces. Do uh, you, you know you can pray while you work? I know many of you do that, where you pray, where you pray while you work. Uh, you can you can be a light in your workplace. You can seek Jesus in your extracurricular activities, in your hobbies, and 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 uh, your your day to day life. Uh, there's prayer before uh, uh, ball games. Be active in the prayer before ball games. Display conduct that's Christ like in activities. I would just leave it. Display conduct that is Christ-like. And, and seek Him in the church, not only in your extracurriculars or your workplace or in your home, but seek Him in the church as well. And that means that when you come into church, be prayed up. Uh, be read up. Be, be expecting a move of God. Because one thing that I found is that, that God will use people who are expecting Him. And if you come in and you say, I don't know of anything that's going on. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm just here. Um, I'm fulfilling my, my Sabbath requirement or my Sunday requirement. And, and, and you sit down and let that be it. I think that's probably all that you're going to get out of it. But if you come in expecting that Jesus is going to do something, that he's going to move, that he's going to speak, that he's going to work in, in your life and the life of others, I, I think that, that that's what you'll find. You'll find that he's willing to work in those that are expecting him to work. And, and then I think that it's important for us that when we seek Him in the church, that we respond willingly and we respond obedient to what He's telling us to do. Seek Jesus in all you do. Another observation that we have from this passage is that Jesus was about his father's business. Now, if you're reading New King James or you're reading King James Version, there is a there, you'll notice that there is a difference between NIV and NLT and ESV and NASB in that. And, and uh, many translations use the term house here. And, and I'll just be honest with you, I think it's probably a... a um, just a weird way to interpret that word there. Uh, it, it's a word that's added for clarity. If you go back and you look at the Greek, there's just a the. That's what it translates as, is the. So if we, if we look at the Greek just a little bit, little bit deeper for that, it says, don't you know I had to be about my father? That's, that's what it translates as. And so New King James and King James, I, I like how they translate it. Don't you know I had to be about my father's business? 
And, and, you know, I always read that with just a little bit of a mafia tone. I had to be about my father's business. And think about that. The seriousness. Mary, Mary is looking for an answer here. And, and Jesus says, I have to be about my father's business. Didn't you know that? And uh, Jesus, he knew his priorities. He had to be about his father's business. For us, we also need to be about the Father's business. Um, uh, one, we need to be in church. Uh, make that a plan in, in 2023 to be in church. Hebrews 10.25 says, um, not uh, giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you do, uh, as you see the day approaching. Uh, don't, don't forsake assembling together as the church. Uh, there's an importance in fellowship with other believers. There's an importance in hearing the word. There's a por- an importance in being discipled and discipling others. There's an importance in worshiping together as the church. There's an importance in joining together in prayer. Uh, we need to be active in pursuing the lost. We need to be about our Father's business and being active in pursuing the lost. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I think, I think uh, we, we would say, well, the, the Lord, uh, we're, we're, we're waiting on the Lord's return. We're waiting on the Lord's return. Why has He not come yet? And I think that this verse kind of tells us here, the Lord is being patient because it's His will that people come to know Him. And it's His will that more people come to know Him. He's, he's, he's given a little bit of mercy here and He's given a little bit of grace. In that uh, We used to use this word in the church called tarrying. We wait just a little bit longer. He's tarrying because it's His will that all people would come to know Him and come to repentance. And, and for us, we, we need to be active in pursuing the lost because people need to know Jesus. They need to know who He is. They need to know what He's about. They need to know the forgiveness that, that He offers. They need to know uh, the joy that He can give them. Uh, we, we have family. We have friends. We have acquaintances. We have people that we pass in the store and uh, that, that need to come to know Jesus. And so um, we need to be about our Father's business in embracing and living out the Great Commission. Go forth and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the end of the age. We need to be praying for the return of the prodigals. Uh, uh, Luke 15, 17 through 20, it says, uh, the prodigal, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. One thing that we're, we're going to do this year is we've, we've got the prodigal portrait. Tracinda has painted the prodigal portrait for us, and, and we're going to have that um, uh, put up somewhere in the, in the church. And here's how the prodigal portrait works. When you know that a prodigal, and you're praying for a prodigal, we'll have a marker, and here in the gray, I want you to write the name of the prodigal on the portrait. And we're going to pray for the prodigals. 
this year. I think it's one thing that, uh, it's, I think that people who were prodigals are probably in more darkness than people who have never known Jesus before. And why do I say that? If you've known darkness all your life, you know darkness. But once you've been in the light and you go back to the darkness, the darkness is even greater than it was before. We need to pray for the prodigals. That they'll return home. And the good news is this, is that when the prodigals come to their senses, and, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit works on the prodigals and, and can change their hearts and their minds, and, and, and when they come to their senses, what do we see? They're waiting for them. So let's pray for the prodigals this year. Uh, we need to be involved in compassionate ministry more, um, uh, in, in being about the Father's business. Matthew 25, 34 through 36 says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, uh, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me, and I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We need to share hope, because Jesus is the hope of the world. No one else and nothing else will do. There is no hope. Outside of hope in Jesus. This year we need to get our priorities in order and be focused on being about the Father's business. Another observation that we can have from the passage is this, is that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings of, about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and faith um, and of faith in God. Church, this morning, we have to move forward in Christian maturity, always pressing forward in our relationship with Jesus. Always growing in wisdom. Now, now know this. There is a difference in between wisdom and knowledge. And I think it's very fine, a fine line there. And we have to, we have to realize this, is that, that knowledge is information that is acquired, whereas wisdom is the discernment, the use, and the ability to use that knowledge in life application. This may sound a little whatever, but being smart is not always being wise. You can be dumber than a sack of rocks and still be wise. You can put that on Facebook this morning. Pastor said you can be dumber than a sack of rocks and still be wise. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It's, it's, uh, you, you grow in wisdom because the Lord gives you wisdom. And who does he give wisdom to? Those who go beyond the elementary teachings of Christ and grow in Christian maturity. In 2023, 
Make it a point to grow in wisdom. Make it a point to go deeper with Jesus than you've ever gone before. Because the reality is, is that none of us are at the point where we've said, I know everything about Jesus, or I'm as deep with Jesus as I'll ever be. Or uh, None of us are at the point where we say, there's no way that I can get closer in my relationship with Jesus. So you can always go deeper with Jesus, and you can always get closer with Jesus. And you can always, you can always improve in your relationship with Jesus. Because here's the thing, until eternity... When you embrace Jesus, you're always striving to be closer to Him. Make it a point to mature in your relationship with Him this year.